0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? <coughs> look, um, yeah, look, I'm all right, despite another week
1: of disappointing results.
0: Yeah, look, it's just a broken record at this stage, isn't it? Um, yeah, certainly a 2-0 loss to Birmingham um, on the weekend, Sunday night, in fact. So it was, you know, a nice late Sunday night for for those of us that stayed up and struggled through the Monday for not much reward on the pitch. Um well, yeah, we'll jump right into it, I guess. We'll, we'll try and get through the game and then uh, talk manager, talk games coming up as well. Um, but, yeah, look, 2-0 defeat. I mean, it was it was interesting because there was the four changes from the previous game. Um, Elder and Coyle both out with injury, uh, Slater out with that yellow card suspension, and then Longman, who, as we sort of said, um, probably needed to be taken out of, the, I think Mike and I said last week, he probably just needed a, a break to... Um, to get out of the firing line so to speak um but in their place we had obviously christy dropped back to fullback which meant that we had uh i think it was uh well doherty came in figueredo came in seri came in and was it Pelkas that started or cynic no cynic i think started who had been on the bench the previous game as well so um basically a 4-3-3 formation like we were pretty used to at this stage but the same old and i guess that's the biggest concern isn't it that um all these changes to the lineup all, all the sort of tactical shifts we can think to make and it's still just the same results
1: yeah look um it's that old if this feels very much like the it was very similar feeling to like the beginning of last campaign where it was we'll just Doing the, the, the playing the same game the same stuff happening every week and wondering why we weren't turning you know a, a part performance or a performance into results or it was just but I think this time it's sort of it's more frustrating because I feel like there is we do have within our squad a hot like higher caliber players there um you know some based on their performances recently some will, will probably be very happy to want to argue with me about the caliber of some of those players, but we have recognized internationals now that we didn't have at this time last season. Um, but the inability to, 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 to shut out games, to, to, put in a 90 minute performance to control the game in any significant way, um, is now running like is now, you know, 10 games almost, like yep. you're getting to a really long stretch of of football where it's the same problems, and it sort of makes me wonder because I, I I I was thinking about this on the drive home from work today. I was thinking about like you know not always, but often I feel like you know when a manager gets sacked, normally or like often you see this reaction from the players because they realize that it, it, at the end of the day they're. You know, performance, the inability to carry out the wishes of the manager is, is what has gotten that, that person sacked. Someone else has lost, lost their job because they couldn't perform on the pitch. And there's this level of, or well, this sense of potential, like responsibility. You know, they, they they try to atone for that in some small way, you know, take responsibility for it. And they, and they improve.
0: And, and also you know, because for, the manager the manager's gone, so there's no one else to blame at that point. That if they yeah. st- if they don't start performing, then that there's only one set of you know there's only one group that's going to get the finger pointed at them.
1: Yeah, um, but I feel like there's just been no reaction to that whole thing at all, which kind of lends me to believe that you know that maybe he didn't have that Shotta didn't have the dressing room at all, and so yeah. they're not worried that he. You know, there was no connection between the, the players and manager, that they're not concerned that he lost, um, lost the sack, that they're happy to, or lost his job, sorry, they're happy to shift all responsibility for all those performances onto him. Um, and if they're not going to take any responsibility for it then, then why would they now with Dawson? Even if they do have a stronger, you know, relationship with him, some of them I'm sure do, you know, like guys like Greaves and that you would imagine, those... You know, hometown um, boys would, you know, one would have been, you know, would recognize him as, you know, watched him, you know, throughout his career playing for City, but he's been with the club for a few years, um, you know, working away. So they should have a pretty strong relationship. It's very concerning that I feel like there's not, like, that there's not been a, a big enough reaction. I don't, I, I don't even care necessarily that. We're still not winning games. the The concern is that there's not a ninety minute effort. Still, yeah. like there's, we still can't even manage to to run for ninety minutes without dropping our heads, without having a sook that we conceded, you know, sloppy goal, um, that we, you know, we make a mistake and we just throw the seem to just throw the towel and we go, oh well, we've gone behind, we have got no no ideas now, nothing to do, and that I think is the most concerning thing. And I can, you can oh. see it's concerning for Dawson as well. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm just, like, rambling and talking a lot. but No, no, like that's like, post, I'll just
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, you go. His,
1: his, his post-matches, like, his post-match interviews are just that. He's saying, like, I don't know what else, like – I'm giving them very simple instructions. We've we got to stop, like, the stupid mistakes. We've got to work hard. We've got to work harder. And they're not doing it.
0: Yeah. So, and, I mean, like, the question was- is – yeah the question was put to Doherty as well along, along the same lines of well why can't we see that sort of push towards the end getting getting a getting a goal or, or, or sort of you know at least making the game interesting for the last 10 15 minutes and time and and, and he didn't seem to have an answer and 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 as you say I mean we we went 2-0 down with a goal in the, at the start of the second half which basically killed us off we we've been looking pretty good in that first half sort of penalty aside um, but that second half going down the second goal um, considering the, the second penalty um, which Danny thankfully missed, um, but there was not a whole lot of urgency or, or push to really get a get a goal back on the board. A- and you look at the performance in the first half; you've got the the supporters making a lot of noise, supporting the team as much as they can. Um, and then, the, I think the tough thing for me though is that each each of the last three losses—so Huddersfield, Birmingham, and um, the Luton loss as well—before that were all really unfortunate first goals. So the Luton and Huddersfield both own goals, which maybe you can do a bit about, maybe you can't, I don't know, a bit unlucky, bit bit whatever. And then in this one, a penalty, which was, you know, it was there. It was, I mean, it it depends who you talk to, whether it's soft or not. I think, you know, it's a a shirt pull, so it's a penalty. It's, you know, you can't really argue it. Um, But all three of those goals really sort of killed our momentum and killed the game for us to an extent, and you kind of have to think how how much criticism you give the players for something that could be quite, you know, it's a split second sort of thing, which is maybe a bit unfortunate. When Birmingham outside of that, and obviously the goal that they scored didn't create a whole lot of chances, um, and probably similar for Huddersfield as well, and Luton really didn't create a heap of chances. So it's a really, as you say, I think the comparison to early last season is really a good one because it's that weird period where I'm like, I don't think we're playing horribly. I think the performances have improved a bit from when we had Schotter in charge, but we're still clearly not playing well. We're not scoring. We're not, we're not keeping the, the opposition out at all. So there's, there's absolutely a lot of room for improvement, but it's just such a weird sort of patch that we're in. And people are sort of saying, well, we're now clearly the worst side in division form wise and, and just performance wise. And it is, hard to argue that but you know on the surface when you look at results but at the same time I'm just sort of at a loss for where we actually are as a side because it's just it's just so difficult to know what to read into the results when they're especially when they're against teams as as poor as Huddersfield and Birmingham where you know if you're losing to them it's hard to argue that you're not the worst team in the division
1: yeah look the last couple of games or like at the the games that we've mentioned are all what i would have deemed like achievable games that we could have and should have taken points from um i don't know whether it's like a it feels like perhaps some of this is like a mental like a mental like there's obviously some mental block that where they just can't like i feel like one of these games eventually will manage to score first and that'll be the and like that'll be a sort of thing something we can actually kick on from but it feels like that i don't know what I, I don't know it's just like it feels like a real me- like it's a it's a mental thing that they just can't get past when they can see they just go and again here it is again same old story again and mm. like and it's just that's the scenario that's running through their heads and they're going like how unlucky do we have to be like the the own goals the penalties some of these things that they go like you know if it's ship like the shirt pull, you go, like, I know the arguments are being made, like that every time there's a a corner, a free kick, anything near the, near the box, people are always, you know, there's always handfuls of shirts being had. And so why call this one out of the multitudes of other calls, but it's just,
0: it's, and it's, and yeah. you look at the you look at the Wigan game and you think that was the corner that we should have turned. You think we went behind and then we came back and won the game, and you think that should have been the moment where the players went, "Okay, it's not the end of the world if we go a goal down. We can do this." Mm. But we've just reverted to the same sorts of performances before that game as as if it didn't happen. Um, yeah. So um, look, it's it's tough, and and we'll, we'll get onto the games that we've got to preview where. Again, they're 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 just as winnable as the last couple of games we've had. Um, so it's not as if the fixtures are turning for the worse. It's not as if we've got some horrible run of games ahead of us. We've still got opportunities, and we've still got to got to face each game as they come and and try to get the three points and, and start to pull back away from um, the bottom three.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's that old like you know the the football in the championship like you know the next game's never too far away. For better or for worse, um, you look at it, you know, glass half full, this is an opportunity for the, for them to turn it around, to to go out, you know, put, to put in the performance. That, I mean, I know that they're capable of, you know, putting in a 90 performance, putting in a shift. You know, I don't care if they jag a result or we whoop them 7-0. I just, like, scores, I just want to see something, you know, like the, the Estepinion's goals at the beginning of the season weren't that, like, you know classy per se but like mm. he was in the right spot the ball was getting in the right spot he managed to bundle it into the goal i don't care how it goes in get in the net somehow at the at the right end of the field and then work on it from there i don't know we just need some like i feel like they just got to set some goals they just got to be like you know i know like everyone you do they're doing it but it's like you, we gotta go like they just have to go we're, we're setting a marker it's a clean sheet today nothing like nothing silly no fit like don't even like Anything that's remotely risky, don't do it. I don't care if they just keep sending for throw-ins. Just like, j- just set yeah. a mark. Even if it ends a nil-all, that's like that's a that's a, a like a measurable step forward because you haven't conceded more goals.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look on a um, on a positive note, um, Jarvis came on for his debut. Um, Simmons as well came on for his debut. Um, but more importantly, I guess Jarvis being one of our youth prospects. Um, thought he looked really sharp, really tidy. Um, you know, you sort of said at the start, um, the point about that the local boys should be playing with more passion for Dawson, perhaps, than, than the internationals, that the local players have grown up watching him play for City, should have that passion and commitment for him. Um, and Jarvis certainly showed that, I thought. I thought he, he looked really impressive. Um, And it just shows that the the academy keeps producing really good talents for us.
1: Yeah, I think um, we we do have a really good track record with bringing those young players in. I've heard lots of calls, though, which I do just want to disagree with. I've seen lots of calls on various forums about, like, basically dumping the senior 11, playing the under-23s. You know, going, they can't do any worse. At least they'll show some passion. And I sort of understand that argument. But that's how you kill that's how you destroy those those kids. Yeah. If you just throw well, for them in. for both. You,
0: you destroy the kids and you destroy the well. That's so true you're just as like, well, what am I doing here?
1: Yeah. And like I think the way that we have worked those young players into our first um, team over the years, um, on purely on merits, not just because other people aren't performing and throwing them in. Those kids have earned, like the, those kids have earned their spots, and they've earned their stripes, and they've earned that jersey. And I think you just ha- that has to be the only way you can continue that. I know it's frustrating at the moment with the general first squad that you know through injuries through whatever we don't have perhaps the the depth um, at a disposable disposal to rotate some of those those players out who maybe aren't performing to the best. But I think. Um, like there's been changes. I think like Doherty coming in has been great. Ever since he's come back this season, it's the it's. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks. Ago, it's like the Doherty that we saw in League One. He's full of running. He's he's committed. He's doing great stuff. I watched the highlights. He, um, early on against Birmingham was involved in a great play. Got a good sh- strike away that I think just hit the side netting. Um. So, um, but Yeah, we don't necessarily have that depth, but there's. <laughs> I know maybe it's going to be too late in the season, but some of those those players are going to come back, you know. Yeah. We'll get Sidemann Ash back. We'll get Tete back. Um, Traore will eventually be able to potentially wear a whole city jersey and play some football for us. Um, like, And that, I think, I you, you can't – I don't know. We can't wait for that to happen. Like, we need to do something now, but I think those um, – you know, it's gonna almost be like three, you know, fresh signings in January when they're when they're back.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And look, even even we saw in this game, we'll, we'll move on, we'll do the votes in a second, but um just lastly, I mean, we saw in this game Seri, I thought had a really good display. It was probably one of his best of the season. Um, really showed a lot of hunger, closing down the opposition, breaking up the play, winning the ball back, looking as energetic as ever. Um so there is still you know, it's not like these players are downing tools it's not like they're not putting the effort in to an extent um some players probably aren't like I th- I feel like two fan week to week is such a such a such a different proposition game to game it's hard to know which which sort of player you're gonna get from him um and even Greaves to an extent I wonder if he probably needs a rest I mean he's played up until this game he'd played every minute of our championship campaign since he debuted last uh, last season so I feel like he and he, he came off at about 55 60 minutes in this game so I feel like he might be needing a break I mean he gave away the penalty Um, whether you'd put McLaughlin in alongside Jones whether you'd put you know just Figueredo alongside Jones I'm not sure Um, but he's probably the last piece that we could you know rotate or, or change or, or or try to try to see what works because I think he he's probably feeling the pressure I mean we sort of I said last week with Mike, his um, last ditch tackle against Huddersfield was great to win the ball back um, towards the end of that game. I thought that was a sign that maybe he was starting to get his confidence back and his ability back. But uh, obviously the penalty in this game and, and didn't look great. I mean, he was played a bit out of position in this one, but um, he's another one where I wonder if he probably needs a rest. Maybe maybe um, tomorrow morning we'll see if he if he's in the side.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think. I guess, yeah, it's a, a fair point that perhaps we there are still some positions where we haven't utilised our full rotation. Um, I mean, I guess as well, Fleming's close to, um, I assume, pretty close to being back. He's played like, one, yeah. like one or a couple of games in the 23s. So um, so hopefully, I mean, that is another option for, for that left-back spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm actually real surprised that we haven't, with the defensive issues and like, I get, like, trying to build a partnership, but also that we haven't seen McLaughlin at all because yeah. I thought he was really a really strong performer for us last season. So um, that's actually been a bit of a surprise that no one's really given him a, an opportunity when the defence has been so leaky. Um, so anyway
0: yeah that's right um so my votes for this game um we'll move on just after this so I, I gave the three votes to seri um as said i think he was probably the the standout performer on the pitch um alongside doherty who i gave the two votes to and then one vote to jarvis uh looking promising on debut but hard to hard to find too many options outside those i thought for votes yeah
1: look um I didn't get to didn't get to watch the game. I barely watched the highlights, um, so I don't even think I'm really in a position to give anyone any votes. Um, so if that's all right, we might just uh, skip over me this time around. Fair enough.
0: No, all good. Um, well, then, just a quick discussion then on um, the latest with the manager. Basically, the update is that there is no update. So um, I just wanted to get your thoughts quickly on where you're seeing things at with Dawson in charge. Potentially there until the World Cup. I, I don't. I don't know. But but how are you feeling with that? Um,
1: w- w- conflicted because I know that I'm contradicting myself. Because a couple of weeks ago I was on here and I said like I don't necessarily care how long it takes as long as we get the right person and there's still like time to like make a um, like for them to have have an impact on the season as a whole. Um, but it, but that was I, I sort of said that with the caveat that there was actually a, a, a target in mind. It kind of feels like there was all like all eggs in one Pedro martins sized basket. Um, and now that that hasn't worked, we like actually are starting. It feels like we're actually starting the search, and we've got no idea what the f- we're doing. And so to cover that, like. They've realized that I think that they made a mistake in how they approached it by one, like being very public about Martins, like doing the photos with him in the stadium and stuff like that before anything was signed, sealed and delivered. Um, And so I think hopefully, I think that's a thing that I think Ajoun hopefully will learn from because I feel like that was a big mistake in that um, he got everyone really excited. He got lots of fans uh, more excited than perhaps was warranted with where the discussions were. Yeah. Like, people read, we just do the world as it is now, read way more into, like, a photo like that than is even, like, than th- then, then the meaning is there. But, you know, as a media man, I, I feel like he knows that. And he tried to play that as a like, you know, look at the look at the, the quality of managers that we've got, you know, interviewing, interested in this job, like we're gonna get like someone real good. And it's sort of blown up in his face, where he if he'd have just played it like way more subtly and just done the work behind the scenes and then said like got the job done and said, here's the new manager and done like you know, the announcement, even if it was like at a game or whatever, but it was all signed, sealed, and delivered. I think that has to be the way that it was approached. And I think because of that, now everything's happening way behind the scenes and we're not getting any peep about anything because they don't want to get anyone's hopes up again and have it all like dashed against the floor.
0: Yeah, and that's what it sounds like Baz is saying is that um, there is a target in mind and, and Jonas just working in the background. So the hope would be, I, I I suspect it's going to be that Dawson has the Blackpool game and the Rotherham game. And if we lose both of those games, then it's going to go into overdrive to get the manager in as soon as possible. I think the Wigan game probably gave us hope that we could start to pick up some points in the meantime and it wasn't as rushed. But I think if we lose those two games, especially if we slip into the bottom three, I think that would hurry the process up. So mm. <clears throat> might be sitting here this time next week with um, with a new manager or at least um, some sort of indication that we've moved on quite significantly in the uh, in the process. So He's hoping, I mean, Middlesbrough have just announced or the suggestion is that Carrick is taking over at Middlesbrough in the next couple of days. He's done a bit of a U-turn because I think he'd originally turned them down uh, and he's now going to be appointed manager. So the clubs around us are starting to make moves. I think West Brom probably getting close to someone as well. So uh, we'll need to pick up the pace as well. Um, okay, well, we'll move on then uh, to our game of Who Am I before we preview the preview the next two games so if you're ready for that sure give me a nice easy one like last time yeah see if you can get it <laughs> after the first clue um i made 119 appearances for city and i scored 10 goals
1: Hmm. 10's an awkward number because that could be like i feel like that could be like a fairly prolific like a midfielder who's scoring lots of goals or a striker who's not scoring that many goals. <laughs> yeah. um, 10 Hmm. No, nah, I, I don't I don't even have anyone in my head at the moment on this unfortunately.
0: All good. Um, I joined City in 2019 and I departed in 2022.
1: Okay, uh... <laughs> so okay, then I'm gonna go with the probably the midfielder option, and let's go, Honeyman.
0: Yeah, spot on, spot on. I thought I thought, especially with the game we're previewing, it might fake you out to thinking Tom Eaves, but I feel like we had him. I might have done him previously, but. Uh, who, who, who Was that who you were thinking of as a striker?
1: No, I hadn't. I was actually not sure on the striker thing. At first, like, the first strikers that came into my head were, like, like wonky ones that didn't play 119, like, Nias and stuff. And I was like, he played, like, yeah, 10 games, yeah. not 119. And then I was like, maybe, like, Diamande or something. I was like, no, but we had him earlier in the season already. And I was like, uh. yeah. No, and good I remember, shout. Yeah. When you went 2019, 2022, I was like, Smallwood and Honeyman were the two that like popped into my head. Well, actually, Smallwood popped in, but I was like, nah, he didn't. He got like two. Yeah, he got like maybe? two or three, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, no, I went in like enough. And then I was like, yeah, I was like, who else left this year? And I was like, it took me way longer else, to
0: think about Honeyman think... than it
1: should have.
0: Yeah, because 2019, I feel like there's actually, because f- I feel like, would Doherty, no, Doherty wouldn't have joined 19. This was pre COVID. So that would have been like, uh, Trying to think who else joined that season because that was like the first McCann season. So that's like Elder and everyone joined, but like, oh, like Lopez and stuff like that. But as you say, I mean, that's only half a season or whatever. But anyway, that was a good one. Okay. Well, we've got Blackpool up tomorrow morning. So it's basically 12 hours from now. Um, so probably one of the shorter turnarounds between podcast episodes and games to be played. Um, but they've managed by Michael Appleton, who was appointed in the summer after Neil Critchley left for Villa. Um, he'd previously managed them for like 30 days or something, where I think he joined and, um, basically didn't want to work under the oysters and left again quite quickly and went to Blackburn. Um, But he's doing a reasonable job with them, I'd say. I mean, only one win in their last five, but performances have been good. They're sort of in that mid-table batch where they'd sort of want to be at this stage of the season. Um, Had a pretty ridiculous game with Sheffield United on the weekend where they had three red cards by the end of it. I think one was after the final whistle. Um, but right at the end of that, even with nine men on the pitch, they still almost got the winner. Um, They'd been 2-0 down, got back to 3-2 up, and it was 3-3 and almost got the winner. Um, It's a travelling reason to be well, but I guess with those red cards from that game, it probably bodes well for us that, you know, guys like Lavery um, and Ekpatera are out for the game tomorrow morning. Um, You're kind of, I guess, happy to have some of the stronger players for the opposition out for the fixture, but... I don't know, how, how do you feel going into this one? I mean, we sort of already touched on the fact that these are both winnable games, Rotherham as well, but I guess uh, any games at the moment really that confident of a win?
1: Yeah, look, um, my confidence in terms of wins has been getting steadily sapped by our performances, um, but it's a weird one because you would go, oh, yeah, they've got you know three first-team players out for this week, Surely that's a reason to feel confident, but I kind of go like, okay, so they were two one three one down with like men off the field, got back into the game, and I was like, if we went a man down, we'd probably just concede an extra ten goals. Yeah. Like I can't see us going a man down and scoring goals. So that is like that—that's like the hunger and desire that they obviously have. I, I just don't think we actually can haven't we haven't shown anything that matches that sort of level um, so far this season. So that's one thing that does really concern me. If they turn up with that same level of, of hunger and desire and, and like commitment and attitude, then uh, I think that we're probably not going to get much out of this because that's, you know, we've got to match. you got to you got to match and, and, and beat the, whatever the opposition's bringing to the table.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I think that's it. I think it's the energy and um, enthusiasm from Blackpool. They're a well-organised side as well, uh, which we don't necessarily seem to be at the moment. Um, as I sort of touched on earlier, I guess I'd be looking at potentially uh, resting or rotating Greaves for this fixture. As you said, I'd love to see McLaughlin thrown in. I think he hasn't really had an opportunity yet this season. And you have to sort of think as we get closer to the end of the year in terms of at uh, the January transfer window opening, we'd want to give him at least a chance in the side, you would think, because otherwise I'm sure if ajun's looking at the side and looking at the fact that we need to make improvements in January, there'll be players that will go the other way to to free up mm. squad spaces, to free up wages, all that sort of thing. Um, and McLaughlin could could well be one of them. I mean, he might, he might want to leave for more opportunities. So um, I don't think it'd be fair to let that happen without giving him a decent crack in the side.
1: Yeah, I think um, we already touched on it, but like the defense in no way, shape or form has been solid, outstanding, anything this season. And he's the only real player that's fit and available who hasn't been given an opportunity. So I think for no other reason than just to give him a go, give him a go. How how can it be any worse? That's that's the way I look at it. How can it be any worse than the shit show that's being served up by our defense at the minute?
0: That's right. So, score prediction for this one?
1: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just match up with what I've done in our um, Facebook uh, tipping, and that's a two nil to Blackpool. Um, I just don't, <sighs> I've, two nils just seems like the score at the moment, and it always seems yeah. to go against us. And I don't feel confident in our team at the moment, unfortunately
0: yeah i i uh well i got the birmingham score correct in the in the group i said two nil for that if i go by my score in the group i actually went with a one nil city win in this one just because i went on the logic of yeah they've got the three first team players out we'll probably put our backs to the wall and and really try to grind out a performance and maybe snag a goal from um from oscar but i mean score prediction yeah look i don't think my confidence is really that high maybe maybe a one one if i really think we can get something on the scoreboard but uh that's definitely more uh, more hope than anything else for that one. Um, we've then got Rotherham on the weekend, managed by Matt Taylor, who was only appointed a couple of weeks ago, I think, after um, their previous manager left to manage Derby. Um, they've, they've won their last two games now. I think they won this morning and uh, on the weekend as well. So um, looking reasonably positive for them under Taylor. And they've had a great season. I mean, they're one of those sides that seem to come up every second or third year to the championship, get belted every week and go back down. Um, but this time they've actually looked quite quite positive, quite promising. I mean, they're scoring a lot of goals um, and, look, yeah, looking looking like they've adapted to the division really well. So, I mean, I th- I, all three promoted sides, really, Wigan and Sunderland as well, have looked really good as well. Um, Tom Eaves has obviously moved to Rotherham as well. So we were saying before the episode that there is no doubt at all that he will get his first Rotherham goal against us. Um but the last time we played them was actually that FA Cup game where he got the hat-trick for us against them. So a um, bit of an appropriate fixture in that sense. Um, but, yeah, what, what are your feelings for this one?
1: Um, I, uh, I, I don't know. I... I... I find it hard to look too far ahead. That's my thing, um, and this prediction just sort of becomes a throwaway like t- token prediction without any real. Cause I, I, I think it real everything hinges on what happens tomorrow. Yeah. And, against Blackpool, and if we perform really well and we get a win, then uh, one I'll feel more confident, like cool. They did it. We got a win. Let's go on. We can potentially go on a bit of a run, or we've got some confidence. So, you know, we, we might you know be able to back that up, but. If we lose again, I'm gonna be like, yeah, there's no chance we're gonna win. Um, maybe against Rotherham, one all. Oh, that that I'll, I'll go. This is my semi-confident, a one all draw. Uh, two, two. I mean, janky goals, one from Eves, one from one from Oscar. Yeah.
0: The the positive as well is that we've sold out the away allocation, which is awesome to see. It, you know, even with the yeah. results not going our way, the supporters still travelling in numbers is uh, is really good to see. Um, and so that will certainly help the players being backed by the uh, by the fans. But look, as you say, it's it's hard to look too far ahead, and that's why I think a few weeks ago when I said you know sort of setting the line for points from two games is probably an easier way or a, or a better way to look at things. And I sort of think from these two games, you'd be looking at hopefully three points. So I think you know well you know getting a win in one of the games essentially, um, mm. two points maybe would be acceptable, like two draws, I guess. Um, but you know anything more than three points would be fantastic but I struggle to see that at the moment as you say so look yeah maybe a maybe a one- one draw in this one as well I, I'd like to think I' mean looking at our performance against Wigan at least if I use that as the yardstick for for us against promoted sites I'd like to hope that we can get a result um, but difficult to see at them at the moment. Um, so I guess we'll see we'll, we'll see starting with Blackpool tomorrow morning hopefully we can start to pick up some points um, and and get a manager in the door sooner rather than later. Um. yeah any any closing thoughts from you
1: Um. Oh, I had something and then it's just gone um, <laughs> just I think like you mentioned before just we're we flirting so dangerously with the relegation zone at the moment and I think like these two losses if they do if, if we did happen to lose the, the next two you, you know and, and I we're pro probably assume we're close enough then to fall in. <laughs> only um, one point,
0: only one point ab- above yeah. with Borough, and uh, I think it's still Borough and West Brom below us. Mm. Might be well, no, I-, I think it's Borough and Huddersfield below us. So
1: yeah, um, I think that's the the danger. Uh, that while whether we, however, however we manage it, whether it's you know uh, fortune in other results going our way or whatever, that we stay out of there is the only positive thing I can think of. Because as soon as... I think, like, we we talked about that mental... The mental blocks, the mental attitude, the mental weakness, perhaps, of our players. And I think, like, dropping into the relegation zone is just going to be another... I mean, it it might be something that galvanizes them, um, but I feel like it's just going to be another thing that's going to, like, just weigh on their... uh, weigh on their minds and affect performances even further. But...
0: I mean, it's crazy as well, though, because from I think it's from 1st to 15th or at 6th to 15th, there's only something like six points separating mm-hmm. them. So obviously we're falling behind that at the moment we're getting sort of separated from the pack. But it does show that this season or the most the pack is very, mm-hmm. very tight and a couple of wins back to back does change your fortunes quite mm-hmm. significantly. So. Look, it's as good an opportunity as any to to get back-to-back wins and really start to charge back up the table. We have to look at it. And, and look, as you say, you've got players like Fleming and, and so on coming back as well. Um, they add a little something different, um, you know, the, the local lad flavour as well who might be, you know, more motivated to play for Dawson. Um, you never know. So, look, we'll, I'll be up at quarter to six tomorrow morning to watch the game. We'll see how we go um, and hopefully we can we can get the win. But, uh, look, thanks for joining me, Dan.
1: Look, that's all right. Um, I'm always happy to come and talk football, even if uh, it's a bit of a morbid, morose kind of conversation at the
0: moment. No problem. All right. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. We'll be back this time next week. And until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black.
1: The time,
0: yeah, the city's on fire, we're going higher and higher, there's no turning